Welcome to the Fit Life with MJ podcast, where you'll learn how to take complete control of your mind and body to become unstoppably confident and create a life you cannot get enough of. Listen in as I drop weekly real and raw solo apps and interviews with industry professionals, teaching you not only how to overcome your self-doubt and limiting mindsets, but also learn how to navigate the BS of the health industry. Avoid being tricked by health gimmicks and discover how to lose your unwanted weight and get into your best shape the right and sustainable way for you. Because truly, becoming the best version of yourself requires not only being in complete control of your own mind and emotions, but also being in your best physical shape. I'm your host, MJ, a certified personal trainer, nutrition and mindset coach, and the creator of Forever Fit, my online health and mindset program. And I'm here to help you become unstoppable. I cannot wait to share today's episode with you. So let's get into it. Hello fam, welcome back to the Fit Life with MJ podcast. I am coming at you with a solo ep today, which I am really excited about because as you know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month and you know I'm a huge advocate for the impact that not only physical health has on mental health, but also the impact that mental health has on physical health. You guys have seen that I include personal development, mindset, and spirituality as big parts of my all-round health and fitness journey because simply exercising and eating healthy, well, yeah, they're great, but there's so much more to get out of our health and out of our bodies that improving your mindset, working on your personal development, spirituality, if you want to get into that realm, they are so beneficial, which is why I also include it as part of my coaching for the FitFam now. Because as you've already heard from everyone ever, physical health improves mental health. But so many studies are now coming out to also prove that improving your mental health can actually improve your physical health. If you've even listened to half a sentence from Joe Dispenza, who is one of my absolute favorite neuroscientists, you'll have heard that there are more and more studies coming out to show how the way we think and the way we feel and the control that we actually have over those thoughts and feelings can actually have a direct impact on our physiology and help to change the way our bodies work, heal our bodies and obviously make us fitter, stronger and healthier. Plus also the way that you think and feel impacts the actions you take. So if you're taking more positive, if you're having more positive thoughts and feelings, you're going to take more positive actions towards your health. So it's a win-win, obviously. So today I've got 10 things that you can start doing right now to improve your mental health, reduce your anxiety, reduce your stress, and you don't even have to add all 10 in right now. You can literally listen to the list I'm going to go through for you today, pick and choose which ones you feel comfortable to implement from the start, and then you can build in as you go. But these are my absolute favorite tried and tested techniques that will help, like I said, reduce anxiety, reduce stress, but also improve your mental strength, your self-trust, and your confidence, which is going to have a crazy impacts on the progress you get with your health as well. I'll explain why each one of these things has those impacts for you as we go through them. 
So grab a pen and paper because you're going to want to write these down to make sure that you can start your own list of things that you're going to start doing from now. So the first thing that I highly recommend all of you start doing in some capacity is get yourself a morning routine happening. Even the most chaotic lifestyles can fit some sort of morning routine. So I'm going to talk you through what my morning routine is. And what you'll find is some of the other tips and tools I've got for you to use are actually part of that morning routine, but can be done separately. You'll still get benefits. So my morning routine at the moment, I intentionally set my alarm for 20 minutes before I actually have to get up. When that alarm goes off, I actually have my alarm goes off in 10 minute intervals on its own. So I don't know, I see these people setting like 300 alarms on their iPhone and I don't even James does it and I don't get it. I'm like, my alarm just repeats itself. It goes off every nine minutes on its own. You just hit snooze. Maybe, I don't know, not everyone trusts their ability to hit snooze instead of stop. Um, but I've actually never done that. I'm always coherent enough to hit snooze. Anyway, that was a sidestep. My alarm goes off 10 minutes before I have to get up. And what I do is I actually lay there and I will meditate for that te- that 20 minutes. Usually collectively, it's probably about 10 minutes. But I'll use that time to meditate myself into the present moment and eradicate any anxiety that comes from first waking. One of the main reasons that we have anxiety when we first wake up is because of an evolutionary thing in our brains. Obviously, back when we were still cavemen, we when we first woke, we had to be very aware of our surroundings very quickly in case there was a tiger there ready to eat us. That's not really the problem for us anymore. We're not going to be eaten by a tiger upon waking when we're in our bed. So we don't have to be scared of our surroundings. But what we've done is we've found other things to be anxious about upon waking, like the duties we've got to take on for that day. Can we show up? Can we actually get shit done? Or are we going to let ourselves down? It's like this fear of letting ourselves down, this fear of failure throughout the day that creates anxiety. And the problem with that anxiety is it's in the future. It's not there in that present moment. While you're laying in that bed, you are safe. You are, you are not in danger of those things that are, may or may not happen throughout the day. But you're letting that anxiety raise your stress levels first thing in the morning, which sets you off to a bad start. So what I do is I actually lay there and I remind myself I am in bed, I am safe. I am warm, I am comfortable. And then I'll actually go through the process of feeling the mattress underneath me at every part of my body individually. So I'll feel my feet laying on the mattress. Then I'll feel my calves or my shins. Then I feel my thighs, then my hips. And then I'll focus on feeling my abdomen laying on the mattress and then my shoulders and then my head on the pillow. And then I'll start focusing on my breath And just remembering that in the present moment, I am safe. And that, hey, every morning I've woken up with anxiety before about what I've got to get done that day. I've shown up and I've got that shit done. So why am I scared that I won't do that today? I always do. So I always will. So I just remind myself, I've got this. I will get through this day one task at a time. And if anything gets missed, it's not the end of the world. I am safe right now in my bed and I will not let the anxiety of something that may or may not happen today ruin my happiness right now. So I encourage you to try that. 
if you wake with crippling anxiety or any form of anxiety and you want to be done with it, I recommend you give that a go. So then the next thing I'll do is I'll either get up and I'll go for a head clearing walk. First thing in the morning, I'll have my lemon water and then I'll go for my walk or I'll go to the gym. Either or doesn't really matter, but I'm, it's my time where I'm focusing on me. I'm processing my thoughts to the, for the day. I'm not getting impacted by the outside world. I'm doing me. Even when I'm at the gym, I'm just in my zone. So that's the next thing I'll do. And also it's getting your body active and out of the house and moving to invigorate your body, get it moving, get it, get the processes of the day happening for your body basically, which is the best thing you can do to keep your mind active and kickstart you off in a positive way instead of getting straight into hard tasks that make you feel yucky and just, or just going and having breakfast and sitting at the table and doing nothing. The best thing you can do is get up and get active first thing in the morning. Then what I'll do when I get home before anything else, I'll go straight in and I have a shower. Now you'll hear a lot of people say, have a cold shower, have cold showers first thing in the morning. Like, yeah, cool. I really am a big advocate for, well, I'm not, I can't say I'm a big advocate, but I agree with that. I have massive respect for people who do do that. It's just not the way I do it. So if you do want to have a full cold plunge first thing in the morning, absolutely go for it. But the way I do it is I'll actually have a warm shower and then I turn the water cold. So I will have my shower in the warm water. And then once I'm like washed, that's, this is just how I time it. Once I'm washed, I'll actually switch the water to fully cold and I'll stand there as it goes from warm to cold and I'll at least stand there for 30 seconds just moving around, getting my face, my back, my front, everything with the cold water. Now, the reason I do that is because I actually prefer the feeling and the mental strength it builds to go from warm and comfortable and nice to freezing cold. I love it. I stand and I'm like, I can do hard things. This is bloody great. And I've done this first thing in the morning. What else is going to come at me that I can tackle? It's so character building, so confidence building. I, that's why I love doing it that way. Because you get into the cold shower straight up. It's like you haven't had the warm to have it taken away. So that's why I like to do it that way. So, I mean, I'm not saying there's any better medical benefit for doing it that way, but that's just the way I like to do it. So you can give that a go if you want. Either a full cold plunge or go warm and then rob yourself of that and go cold. I like the character building side of that. Then I'll make breakfast and I'll actually read my book while I'm um, eating breakfast. It, it may or may not be the best way to do things. I just like to do it because it's two birds, one stone. And I like standing up while I eat my breakfast. So I'll actually read 10 pages of whatever book I'm reading. At the moment, I'm reading Limitless by Jim Quick. The guy is an absolute legend. I would love to have him on the podcast one day, so I'm working on it. But any book that will expand my mind or my knowledge of the world or how our bodies work, anything that can teach me something. I, I don't read fiction. I'm, I've got nothing against fiction. I just and like it can be great for expanding your mind and opening you up to new ideas and inspirations and things like that, 100%. I'm just very much a, I love to learn. I always love to learn. And so you'll always find me in my spare time. I'm doing something that expands my knowledge. So, um, and again, anyone who doesn't do that, I'm not saying you're doing it wrong. I'm just sharing my preferences with you. But whatever it is that you read, fiction, nonfiction, anything, I recommend reading 10 pages a day. I'm going to go into that um, 
in a bit more detail in a moment, but I read 10 pages while I'm having breakfast. Then if I feel the need, if I've got something I'm mulling over in my mind and I'm like really struggling to think it through, I'll journal on it. Um, if I'm feeling the need to really emphasize my gratitude for the day, if I've woken up feeling really down about something and I really want to pull myself back into gratitude, I'll journal some things I'm grateful for. I'm going to be transparent. I don't journal every day. I did try it for a bit and it just got to the point where I was like, huh, I've got time to journal. And I was like, right, this obviously isn't my thing. So I'm not going to force myself to do it. And this is a really important key point for you ladies as well. If there's anything in this list that I give you today and you're like, yeah, that can go eat a big fat, you know what, don't do it. Don't force yourself to add something into your life to reduce your stress. And I say that with air, air quotations. If you're not going to enjoy it because you're just, you're not going to do it properly. You're not going to get the benefits and you're just going to add to your stress levels because you're not going to see the benefits and you're going to think that you're the reason. Like you're going to feel like you're failing. So just don't do it to yourself. Um, so yeah, I only journal if I feel the need. Um, and then I'll start my work day. So that's my morning routine. And it usually goes anything from one and a half hours to two hours, depending on whether I went to the gym or went for a morning walk. Because my morning walk's usually only like 40 minutes. But have you noticed? I have not once mentioned my phone. So I'm going to give you more on that in a moment. But this is my morning routine. Now, I don't expect you to do all of this, especially if you're a busy mum or you work crazy hours. What I do recommend is you try something, even if it's just one of the 10 things I give you here today, it's going to help you reduce your stress and it's going to help you improve your mindset and therefore your health and your life, obviously, because as you know, I'm the biggest advocate for living your best life and you can only really do that with being in your best health and working on your own personal development, which is why I teach both. So morning routine is definitely one of my biggest things that I can give you to do, to start implementing into your life. Take at least 30 minutes that are just for you, even if it means getting up 30 minutes before the kids, even if it means coming back and having your little ritual after you've dropped the kids off from school or maybe it's on your lunch break. I know that's not the morning, but it's, at least it's a routine where you can do your things for you. But a morning routine is so beneficial because it literally sets your tune for the day. It sets you up so that you are in control of your thoughts, your feelings and how your day pans out not the world around you. You're not a victim to what goes on around you anymore. You're in control and you're taking decisive action and creating the outcomes you want for the day. It puts you in an empowered state of readiness. So I highly recommend that you give a morning routine a go, even if it's just including one of the things that I'm going to give you in this list. But the morning routine is one of those things. So one of the other things. Okay, the second very powerful thing I encourage you to start doing right now is no phone for at least the first hour of your day. So many of us roll out of bed. The first thing we do is just scroll Instagram, we scroll Facebook, we scroll TikTok, and we're instantly bombarded by how other people think we should be living our lives. Tell me how many times you've done this. You've woken up, you've scrolled, and you've gone, oh, that's a cute outfit. I need to dress better. Oh, she's fit. I need to go for morning runs. Oh, that looks like a delicious lunch. I need to get my shit together and start cooking more aesthetic meals. Oh, that's a course I could take you're instantly flooded with all of this, I should, I should, I should. And then you're instantly starting your day being like, I'm a shit human. 
I feel terrible about myself right now. Like who wants to start their day like that? Unnecessarily too, because you are not a shit human. You are not lesser than. You've just created this story in your head because you've looked at everyone else's highlight reel first thing in the morning. So I recommend you do not pick up your phone and let the outside world tell you how you should feel today. I recommend that you take control of how you feel by putting that damn thing aside for the first hour. Work emails is the same. Personal emails too. Who knows what's going to be in that inbox that's going to mess with your head. Wait till you've got control of your thoughts and emotions for the day and then let something else come in and go, I'm here to fuck shit up for you. Then you can go, you know what? No, I'm in an empowered state and this is how I'm going to handle this situation. Instead of, oh my God, I feel so flustered and crap about myself. This email is just adding more to that. Like the way you feel dictates the way you act. So you can start your day in a stressed out way and react to everything in a stressed way and get worse outcomes. Or you can start your day in an empowered state and take better, proactive, more empowered actions towards things that happen and get better outcomes. So not having your phone for the first hour of the day can help to put you in that empowered state. And it will also, so that's confidence boosting 101, which is mental health boosting 101. But it's also going to help reduce your stress and anxiety, which is going to improve your mental health. And it's going to stop you waking up feeling crap about yourself first thing in the morning unnecessarily because you don't need to feel crap about yourself, babe. So no phone, first thing, first hour of the day, no phone, no phone, do it. Even There's been times where I've um, been waiting for James to get ready to go to gym and he'll be looking on his phone while he's having his pre-workout and he's like, hey, look at this. And I'm like, I don't want to look at that just yet. Like come at me when I've done my morning routine and then I'll have a look at that post, but I don't want the outside world to influence how I'm feeling right now. So be, you know, do it for you, girl. (laughs) All right. Third thing I highly recommend you add into your day, head clearing walks. You see me do these all the time because they freaking work. Honestly, I could have the most flustered day and just be completely at the end of my tether. I go for a head clearing walk and I have some of my best ideas. I solve some of the trickiest problems I've been working on. I am a very, I'm a kinesthetic person, which means I, I'm better by, I'm better when I'm acting things out. Like I learn by doing and I process thoughts better when my body is moving. Even if I'm sitting in a car driving, I process thoughts better than if I'm just sitting down doing nothing. I feel like I get stuck in this box and the energy around me gets stagnant and I can't think straight. I can't think properly out along trains of thought that help me solve problems. So I get out and I move. So the scenery's moving, my body's moving, my brain's doing things, and then I can think more clearly. And I know a lot of you do get that benefit as well because I get a lot of messages from you girls about how much you're loving your head clearing walks. But for anyone who hasn't added them in, I highly recommend because getting out into the fresh air, getting out into nature, the way it just clears your mind, it de-stresses you. And it it helps you to solve problems. Like I'll actually do it with my phone and take um, take notes in my phone if I have any crazy good ideas. Or I'll process thoughts by writing them in the notes in my phone so I can see them clearly in front of me. But I'm thinking more clearly because I'm out and I'm active. So head clearing walks. Also exercise. It's steps. It's exercise. It's going to help you feel better mentally and physically anyway. But just getting out, getting fresh air. It's so beneficial for your mental health and your physical health. So definitely, definitely head clearing walks. 30 minutes, 20 minutes even, you know, 20 minutes minimum. I go for 40. Sometimes I get carried away and I'll end up be out there for an hour. You don't have to do that, but just, you know, hover around the 30 minute mark. Meditation. 
meditation, meditation. Now, I need to confess, I'm not a pro meditator. Like, I will lay in bed and I can meditate to calm myself for the day in the moment. But there's a lot of levels to meditation that I just have not reached yet, which I would really love to and am working on and I'm going to actually get a meditation coach to help me, who I'm also going to be looking at getting a meditation coach to come into Forever Fit and the um, MJ Fit Life to work as a coach as part of my program. So stay tuned for that. See how we go. Um, it is definitely a plan though. So get excited. Um, but meditation, meditate yourself out of anxiety, basically, is what I'm sort of trying to say. What I mean by that is because I'm only going to teach you how to meditate in a way that I know how to do because I don't want to teach you something I don't know how to do. That's just silly. What I do, whenever I have a moment of anxiety about something that I have to do or something that is coming up, I just pull myself pull myself back to the present moment. Same meditation method that I use in the mornings when I first wake. It's the same thing. I've had it before where I've been doing something like, okay, um, when I was riding the road bike and you go, if you've been following my social media in the few, in the last few weeks, depending on when you watch this, but you'll have seen that I've taken up road cycling and you've got to use shoes that clip you into the pedals on the bike. But if you forget that you clipped in or you don't clip out properly and you don't know how to stop the bike properly when one foot is still clipped in, like you fall over because you one foot you can't put on the ground. And if the bike tips that way, you go with it. And on my very first ever ride on clip-ins, I fell off three times in the exact same way. I had the most colossal bruise on my thigh and my wrist is still sore. Like, you know, with great risk comes great reward. But, um, well, no pain, no gain. I don't know. What's the analogy you would use there? I mean, what I'm trying to say is I, like, um, <laughs> I, I did something that was scary. Yeah, I, I fell off. It hurt. But... I got back on the bike, right? Because I want to improve my skills. I want to become a better version of myself. And that means doing things that are scary so that you can get better at them because anything that's worth it never comes easy, right? So the second time I'm back on the bike, I'm crapping myself because I'm like, okay, I have to stop this bike again. Like I'm clipped in now. The only way for me to get off this bike is to do what I did last time, but just try not to fall off this time. But I still hadn't learned how to stop the bike without falling off. Funnily enough, all I was doing was having my foot in the wrong position. I'm supposed to have the other foot down as close to the ground as I can and then unclip the other one and put it down on the ground. But I had the clipped in foot at the top. So every time I went to get off the bike, I was pushing it forward and then just counterbalancing and falling over. Anyway, that was a side, side story. What I'm trying to say is in that ride, I was packing bricks. I was like, holy shit, the only way for me to get off this bike is to do what I did last time, which I kept falling off doing. But what I kept doing to take away that anxiety was reminding myself, hang on a sec, I'm riding along this footpath. We've got like two kilometers till I even need to stop. Why am I letting the anxiety of when I have to stop in two kilometers time ruin my happiness now of the fact that I'm on this bike learning and getting better at riding? Why would I let the fear of what's going to happen in the future? And I don't even know that I'm going to fall off when I stop next time. That's a perceived fear that I've created in my head. Worst case scenario, like our brain always tries to go to, yet I'm letting that fear of something that might not even happen in two kilometers time make me scared and hate life right now. Like why? I'm happy. I'm safe right now. I'm on the bike. I'm on the bike now, I'm safe, I'm not falling off, I'm riding, I'm learning, I'm getting better. These are good things. Why would I let anxiety of something that's not even going to happen probably in the future ruin that? 
So I wouldn't, it's almost, I don't know if you'd call it meditation, but I like to call it meditation because it just groups it under the meditation umbrella because technically it is using your mind to control your thoughts, literally to reduce your anxiety. So basically you're just catching yourself in a thought that isn't necessary, like unnecessarily thinking about something that is going to happen in the future and getting scared about it in the moment and ruining it in the moment. Will Smith plugs this really well as well in a story about him going skydiving and like why was he scared in the lead up to the skydiving when he was safe? He wasn't falling out of the plane the day before, but he was still shitting himself. Why, you know? And he talks about that. It's the same principle. Why let the fear of something that may not even happen in the future or may not even be as scary as you're letting it or you're making it out to be, why would you let that ruin your happiness now and rob yourself of the happiness now in the time that you can't get back once it's gone? So it's just about catching yourself in that moment where you're having that thought about something that might not happen in the future or something that's giving you anxiety that w- that you think is going to happen in the future or that something that's coming up in the future that is scaring you. Bring yourself back to the present moment and remind yourself you are safe right now. In this very moment, you are safe and you've got the chance to actually think thoughts through that can give you a higher chance of that thing that's coming not actually be a problem, therefore not need to cause you anxiety. So right now in the present moment, you've got the chance to actually work through some thoughts that could improve the situation down the track that is scaring you rather than just being scared about it and letting it ruin the now when you're actually safe. So that is definitely a thing I recommend you actually practice doing on the daily. I do it all the time whenever I find myself in a moment of anxiety. Now, five, my fifth tip is the cold plunge. Now, I did mention when I was talking about my morning routine, why it is so beneficial. And I mean, there's a a ton of medical data to explain why cold plunges are good for you medically, for your brain, for your body, for your health. Yep, I do it for those reasons, 100%. But the main reason I do it is the character building and the self-confidence building. If you can take yourself from a comfortable situation, because as you all know, you've got to get out of your comfort zone if you want to grow and evolve. And literally putting yourself into a nice warm shower and then robbing yourself of that comfort and turning the water cold and standing there and going, yeah, this is actually quite nice. I can do this. Look at me go. I turned that water myself. It wasn't done to me. I chose it and I stood here and I'm taking it and I'm loving it. It's like this sense of showing up for yourself. Like I can be in an uncomfortable situation and get through it. The more you do it, the more you're like, hells yeah, look at me go. Like it's it's kind of like this small stepping stone to imagine what else I could be capable of. If I can do this, what other uncomfortable situations can I get through? And the more you push yourself in little things like that, it's a really good base start to actually pushing yourself to do things that scare you. I'm actually going to do a podcast episode about my um, things that doing things that scare me game that I've got going with or doing things that scare us game that we've got going with my um, fit fam at the moment it's character building and self-confidence building as well but it's it's the it's basically a really good starting place for you to put yourself in uncomfortable situations to see what you're really capable of getting through so that then you can start pushing for bigger and better things and stepping more and more stretching that comfort zone and really becoming you know unstoppable as I love to say so cold plunge number five Number six, I highly recommend listening to podcasts, hey? Like, 
not just because I have one, but because they, well, I've got one because of how invaluable podcasts are for me. So I know how much value they bring to me. And that's why I wanted to start one to be able to bring value in my own way to you guys. So listening to podcasts that actually help help your personal development, like, I know there's a lot of podcasts out there that are fun and they're, you know, yes, they're inspiring. Yes, they're funny. They make you feel good and they can be a really great escape. Definitely, if that's your thing, chuck them in there to your daily routine or your weekly routine. But I highly recommend at least once a week, listen to something that's going to help you with your personal development. Becoming aware of the control you can actually have over your mental state and your life just by being more self-aware and understanding how your brain and body work, especially in alignment with the universe and with the like um, vibrational frequencies and things like that. Like it just, it's really powerful. So I highly recommend that you drop some of those sort of podcasts into your day or week at least. Like The Resilient Mind is a great one. There's some episodes on there from Joe Dispenza. If you want to listen to Joe Dispenza, he's only got a few episodes kicking about on like Spotify, but look him up. Um, He just, he's mind blowing with what he talks about. But uh, Danny Kennedy, who was on the podcast last week, he is also an absolute legend talking about mindset, personal development. He's doing all of the things as well and sharing his journey. So listen to him. Rise and Conquer podcast, my girls, I know if you follow me, chances are you probably follow Georgie Stevenson. Her Rise and Conquer podcast is actually bloody great. Like it covers a lot of personal development, empowerment, and just it's it's a very good all-round personal development inspiring podcast. And it's fucking fun. I love that chick. So those are some, you know, off-the-cuff um, recommendations. But Drop me a DM. I'll drop my link to um, my Instagram on the show notes here. And you can just send me a DM if you want any more in-depth recommendations for podcasts. Otherwise, I'll be here all day. But definitely add that in. I'm always listening to podcasts while I'm working and getting ready for my day. So anytime you've got white space where you could have something playing in the background, you don't have to just be sitting there listening intently to it, hanging off every word just have it in the background, your brain will pick up what you need to hear. It's this crazy phenomenon, our subconscious brain. It's like your brain knows what you need to hear. You'll hear bits of the podcast as it's playing that you need. And you'll go, oh, I heard that bit. That that actually really resonated, but you probably haven't heard the last 10 minutes. So definitely so beneficial. Number seven, read. Now this is also part of my morning routine. I didn't actually mention that listening to podcasts was part of my morning routine. That's how ingrained they are. Like I've always got something motivational, uplifting, educational and inspiring playing in the background when I'm getting ready for my day Um, and when I work. But I've got the luxury because I work at home so I can play a podcast all day. If you're in an office, you could maybe have one ear in uh, headphones or just listen in the mornings whenever, whenever you've got time basically. Um, well, not even whenever you've got time, just whenever you've got some something that you're doing where you could have some white noise in the background, cooking dinner even, you know, like if the TV's playing, you can still have one headphone in listening. I, I don't know, but just find, um, you'd be able to fit it in somewhere in your day, just going off what I've just said before. Now, reading, number seven. I, I'm not going to lie here. Like when I was in primary school, obviously we were sort of taught to read 
fiction and I tried to get a grasp on fiction, but I was just like, I just don't care. I just, you know, I read Harry Potter and uh, don't come at me, but I actually got bored. I got bored reading Harry Potter books because they're like, yes, they're inspiring, but they're, they're made up stories. I really struggle to get lost in made up stories because I don't know. I'm, I'm just, maybe I'm wired differently. I don't, uh, I don't know. Um, it's like I don't love watching really sort of like drama type TV shows either that are made up because I'm just like this is just someone else's brain I'm watching here. Like someone else came up with this idea and now I'm just watching this story whereas I could be learning something that's going to help me better develop myself. I don't know. That's just how I see it. I know there's a lot of like dramas and fiction where you can take what you see in it and actually apply it to yourself and use it for personal development and growth. Um but I just never got the grasp of reading fiction. I, I just prefer nonfiction personally. Whatever your preference is, absolutely go for it though. Don't, don't, don't let my preferences influence your preferences on that. But just make sure that you're reading. Reading calms your mind. It brings your focus down to what you're reading and away from any other floating thoughts that are clouding your mind. It expands your vocabulary and your knowledge. Even if it is non-fiction, wait, even if it is fiction, it is still expanding your mind and it's bringing you down to a focus that, that involves more parts of your brain. Even better if you're using your finger to read. Now, I learned this from um, Limitless and hells yeah, it works. When you are reading and tracing the words you're reading with your finger, you are combining your visual sensory system, your information processing, um, so your visual, the words that you're reading. So your eyes, you're using your eyes to look at what you're reading. You're using your information processing systems to actually turn those words into understanding and you're using touch. All of those senses are being used when you're reading, if you're reading with your finger, which means your brain is actually getting exercised to become stronger healthier, less stressed, more capable of processing thoughts. And a lot of the reason we get anxious is because we struggle to process the thoughts to come up with solutions to the problems we're having. So if you exercise your brain, which is what reading is doing, it's like you go out and go for a walk and go for a run. Sure, that's exercise for your body. Your brain needs exercise too. And so if you can read, you're exercising your brain in the way it needs which will increase your brain's capacity to think more clearly, problem solve, which will also reduce your stress and help improve your mental health. So definitely read. And, you know, I one of the reasons it took me so long to take up reading was because I I was just like, yeah, but when do you stop? You know, like, I'm not going to read a chapter a day. I'm not going to read like three. Like how do you know when to stop in the book every day? And so I just never picked up a book because I was like, well, I'm, just, I'm either going to sit here for six days and read or I'm going to read one page, you know. And it wasn't until a coach actually gave me this challenge of just read 10 pages a day. And I was like, oh, I can do that. And now I'm obsessed. I just need to clear my throat. <coughs> and I've been doing it for months now. So I highly recommend that you give it a go because if I'm seeing benefits already so soon from reading, I know you will too. So definitely. Now, obviously, eight is physical exercise. Wait, is it eight? Seven, eight. Yes. 
physical exercise, 100%. Um, obviously, physical exercise is a huge part of improving physical health, which therefore improves mental health. But, and I, I'm sure you've heard this before, I'm just going to reiterate it and reinforce it. I'm not going to beat, I'm not going to flog a dead horse about exercise because that's literally most of what I talk about is exercise and healthy eating when it comes to improving your physical health and your mental health and which therefore improves your mental health. But you release endorphins and feel-good hormones when you exercise, which lowers your stress. Your body becomes healthier. Your heart rate lowers. Your respiration lowers. Your uh, body's blood oxygen level sits at a higher level. Your sleep improves. Your thinking becomes more clear when you exercise. And it doesn't always have to be vigorous exercise every single day to see these benefits, which is just going to reduce your stress, anxiety, and improve your mental health. And showing up for yourself to exercise, even when you don't feel like it, the confidence building and the results that you'll get from that consistency are invaluable for your mental health as well. Nine, obviously, healthy eating. Like, of course, because everything that goes on inside your body is built from the nutrients you put in your body. Your brain function, your metabolism, your immune system, your skin, your nails, your bones, your fat storage, your fat burning process, your internal organs, everything, your blood, everything, your eyesight, your sense of smell. It all can only work because the cells inside your body are there doing their job because they were nourished by the nutrients you ate. The cells in your body don't just magically appear out of thin air. They're made from nutrients and you've got to eat those nutrients for them to be there, for them to live and and do their thing. So for your body to be in its best health and obviously therefore your brain to be in its best health, your brain to think more clearly, your brain to have the energy to process thoughts, problem solve, and therefore reduce your anxiety and stress and boost your confidence, your brain needs good nutrients. So healthy eating is paramount to improving your mental health for those reasons. And 10, my 10th and final tip for reducing your stress and anxiety is to stop trying to do things that other people are telling you to do that you don't want to do. Now, I just reeled off nine other things that I recommend that you do to reduce your stress so it seems and to improve your mental health. It seems counterintuitive for me to then sit here and go, don't do anything that you don't want to do. What I encourage you to do is take whatever of these things that you've heard that you feel most comfortable doing because any of them are going to help improve your mental health guaranteed. I've basically listed them in order, except I put exercise and eating well last because they are the most obvious and I didn't want to reel them off first because we've all heard it before. I wanted to list the least obvious, most powerful ones first. Now, my 10th one, the reason I've said don't do anything that you don't want to do, that people are telling you to do, is because it's very easy these days to get caught up in how we think we should be living our life. I'm a huge advocate for this and it's one of the biggest destroyers of mental health is thinking you should be doing one thing that you really don't need to be doing, holding yourself to a standard that other people have set and then getting down on yourself for not liking that thing or not upholding that thing. For example, let's say your group of friends are all married into the friendship group. They've all got two kids, houses with mortgages, just bought a new car and you've decided to go back to uni to study to become a lawyer. 
you feel shit about yourself because you didn't do the Stepford wife thing. You didn't marry into the friendship group. You didn't get the house, the car, the all of the things by the time you were 35. Because everyone else did, you feel shit about yourself. But that's not what you want to do. So don't worry about it. I'm not. You know, I'm 32. Wait. Oh, my God. I'm 33. Hells yeah. 33 and thriving. I'm, it's almost an angel number. 33. And when I'm 33 in three months, you'll hear about it. Um, <laughs> anyway. I'm 33. I'm not married. I've just moved to Queensland, just uprooted my life in Melbourne, moved to Queensland because I fell in love, but we're not married yet. We, I think we've discussed buying a house a few times. Um, we just, we're not following that stupid rigmarole of this is how you should live your life. Like, I don't want to do it that way. I would be so unhappy if I was married with two kids right now because I'm not ready. It's not my timeline. You know, make sure that what you're doing in your life makes you bloody happy. Don't try, don't let other people influence you on what you should be doing if you don't want to do it. So, and also that filters down into how you socialize. And this is very important, girls. If you are an introvert, but you feel like you need to be getting out more than what you feel is comfortable for you, don't go out more then. You know, don't feel pressured to put yourself in situations that make you uncomfortable if you really don't want to do it. You know, like when we say there's no growth in the comfort zone, you've got to get uncomfortable to grow. There is a fine line there. You've got to make sure, yes, if you're pushing your comfort zone to to achieve something, you've got to make sure that the outcome of what you're pushing your comfort zone for is something you want. Now, if you are an introvert and you're like, okay, I really want to become more extroverted, I want to learn how to socialize more, then socializing more to a point of discomfort is probably a really good idea for you. But if you're an introvert and you're like, oh, I love being an introvert, like I I love keeping to myself, I really enjoy this, I really don't have any interest in being an extrovert, but everyone else tells me I need to get out more, so I'm going to go do it. You don't want the outcome of trying to be more extroverted so you're just going to be uncomfortable and and unhappy in the process of pushing yourself in that way you know so make sure that you do things that make you happy to get outcomes that you want don't let other people try to tell you that you need to have certain outcomes in your life that you really don't want and that you have to do certain things to get them so there's a few different layers there to what I just said um But basically what I want you to do is live your life the way you want to live it and don't feel pressure to do things that you don't want to do for outcomes that you don't really care about. Like for me, I'm not going to race out and get married and pump out two kids and buy a house just because everyone else is doing it before they're 35 because I don't want that life right now. That's not on my timeline. So, And I would be very unhappy if I did that. But if I was sitting here unmarried at the age of 33 – without kids and desperately wanted that Stepford life lifestyle of, you know, following the, the typical process, then I would be uncomfortable in not having those things. So just make sure that what you're doing is aligned with what you really want, because there is nothing more damaging to mental health than forcing yourself to do things that you don't want to do based on what you think you're supposed to do from what other people tell you, if that makes sense. I hope it makes sense anyway. But that is my 10th and final thing. And I left that one for last because honestly, I feel like it just encapsulates everything. It is one of the most important things you can do for yourself is just stay true to yourself. Do the things that you want to do to push your own boundaries and grow in the way you want to, but don't put pressure on yourself and compare yourself to other people who aren't you. Cool. 
All right. I, that's basically everything that I wanted to cover in today's episode. I am not going to go over things anymore because this episode could just go on for days. I'm, I love talking about improve about personal development improving mental health reducing stress and just living a better damn life all around so I'm going to leave it there if you've got any questions my link to my Instagram is in the show notes and I'll actually leave my link to Facebook messenger as well because I know a lot of you use that and you can just drop me a message on there asking any questions and I will answer for you otherwise thank you so much for tuning in and I will talk to you all in the next episode have an amazing rest of your day or night wherever and whenever you are listening. Bye for now. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed and got value from this episode. If you did, please remember to hop over to the review section and leave us a five-star review to help us reach and inspire more people to live their best lives. Also, remember any links mentioned in this episode are available in the show notes for you now. I cannot wait to speak to you again in the next episode.